Welcome to Thinking Reimagined. Thinking Reimagined is a unique platform for thoughts provoking intergenerational dialogue in a diverse and inclusive setting with a focus on impactful change in the global workplace and community. Our stakeholders' conversations aim to spark thought, leadership, curiosity, engagement, collaboration, and learning amongst individuals, teams, and beyond. Enjoy, Enjoy this episode. episode and subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other outlets. Welcome to yet another exciting edition of the Thinking Reimagined podcast. And this one is specially called Men to Men. It's our annual men's only podcast. Uh, by the way, the honoring the 16 days of activism against um, gender-based violence. It's an annual international campaign that kicks off on the 25th of November, I think, which is, um, someone help me, that's International Day for Elimination of Violence Against Women. And it runs till 10th of December, which is Human's Rights Day. All right, so the idea is raising the call for the prevention and elimination of violence against women and girls. And, um, in the mix, amazingly, you know, are men. Uh, so who who else should be talking about this? Uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the program. I think I'm quite excited about this one. Let me introduce our guest to you. Peter Armand Boy is here, by the way. Distinguished filmmaker, executive creative editor, director, uh, with an illustrious career spanning roles such as digital online uh, facilitation and training. Uh, a production design instructor is also uh, vice president worldwide operations, uh, uh, VP operations, creative director, and executive creative director. It, it's a long list. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to skip the rest and welcome Peter Amanboyo on the podcast for this one. Uncle P, how are you today? Fine. Thank you, everyone. And we're glad you're joining us for this special episode of Thinking Imagined Men to Men. And if you're watching us out there on our live stream, YouTube, um, Facebook, and LinkedIn, we welcome you. Feel free to send your comments and questions and chat, and we'll be glad to interact with you. Absolutely. La Honolo Piga. I'm sure I didn't get the right pronunciation. So you're correct. Lehononolo. Lehononolo. Funny Piga. enough, you're quite closer than Peter is, you know? Oh, mm. are you for real? <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to correct me. Can you imagine? Right? <laughs> right? How interesting this month. All right. So can you pronounce it? Let me hear it. Oh man, it's too long. It's too long. It's 11 <laughs> letters long. I even forget myself sometimes. <laughs> just once. Just once. <laughs> okay, just once. Is it once? As long as it's one time. Le Honolo. Le Honolo. Yes. All right. Hey guys, the multi. Very close, I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> multi, multi instrumentalist, composer, scholar, teacher music sociologist and musician of note found the music as joy festival director festac africa 
is currently a recipient of the esteemed Mail and Garden Top 200 Most Influential South Africans. And we have the privilege of having him on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Lehonunolo. <laughs> we'll talk about in the course of the podcast. Stanley Onora is here, the online banker himself, financial advisor, passionate about small businesses, fintech, and the economy. Is popular on social media for his creative way of empowering people with financial knowledge and impactful information. Good to have you join us again, online back. Thank you. It's good to be here, Nifemi, and it's good to have everyone. Le Hololo, your name is interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to have you all featured too. Good to be here. I was going to introduce Dr. Amber, but then I remember that it's an all-men podcast. But she's somewhere. <laughs> Just know that Dr. Amber is actually here. Thank you, Dr. Amber. We love you. All right, so let's begin with... Tony is here. Tony's here. Yes. Oh, Tony's here. Oh, great. Hey, so, Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thin, tall Tony's here. Um, yeah. Dance artist, model, actor, event host idea builder you're also a choreographer that's amazing um we, we all know you from the big brother niger glad to have you join us as well thank you very How much been, by the way all right um yeah did you ask a question oh no oh yes I was just you. <laughs> no, oh. i think it's a lag in communication i was I just think, saying yeah. how are you by the way Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm very well, thank you. Uh, it's a uh, it's a great honor to meet everybody. Uh, uh, Peter, I know Mr. Femi. I've definitely seen your television before. <laughs> Just unfortunate, not read anything about me yet. <laughs> and then uh, um, Pegger, I see, I see also that Dr. Armatu is here, and online banker. That's the name that I see. So I, I don't know the name, sir. And the name is Stanley. The name is Stanley. Stanley. All right, Stanley. Very nice to meet you. Uh, nice. you know, very excited to be here. Absolutely. The guys are hanging okay. out already. What we just need is BA or something to make it a perfect. Ah, no, no, no. <laughs> and we need to introduce, <laughs> maybe um, <laughs> we introduced Nifemi Oguntayo, TV host, compare. The list goes on. TVC. Um, yeah. Go ahead, introduce yourself. <laughs> you know, the amazing thing is that you are getting the second name wrong on this podcast. Is Oguntoye, not Oguntayo. <laughs> Did I say Oguntayo? <laughs> yes, you actually said Oguntayo. Oh, I'm sorry, Nifemi Oguntoye. Oguntoye, yes. <laughs> All right, broadcast journalist, and I'm glad to co-host um, this particular episode. So we're looking at the 16 days of um, activism against... Um, uh, gender-based violence. I'm hoping that we'll be able to also tie it with the theme of this year's International Men's Day that talked about zero male suicide. You know, a reminder of just how high the rate of suicide is amongst men. But let's get to it. I'd like us to begin with this interesting uh, statistics. They say that in 2021, around 45,000 women and girls worldwide were killed by their intimate partners or other family members. Now, that means that, on average, more than five women or girls are killed every hour by someone in their own family. And um, 
only about um, they say one fifty six percent of all female homicides are committed by intimate partners or other family members. Only eleven percent of all male homicides are perpetrated in the private sphere. So the interesting figure here really is that thirty um, percent of women aged between fifteen and older have at one time or the other been subject to physical or sexual intimate partner violence, and that's mind blowing. It's a troubling uh, figure, a number that seems to be rising. Gentlemen, what do you think is the issue here? Because for every gender-based violence, particularly against women and girls, a man like us is involved. And I know that um, we have conversations like this, and we, we, you know, we are quick to speak against it. But the people who perpetrate this thing are, are not um, aliens, right? Um, do you think that we've been able to scratch the surface of the cause or what makes this challenge quite prevalent across the world? It's the conversation, right? So please be free to jump on it. Okay, first of all, um, I think the figures are quite misleading. I don't think it's from 15. I think it's much younger. But a lot of cases are not reported or there's a delay in reporting. That is why you're getting that figure of 15. We had a program two days ago and a young student came forward and said she had been abused since she was eight years old. And, it, and it's very common. We have four-year-olds being abused, but these are unspoken um, truths that there's not enough data out there. So when you say 15, I beg to differ on that study because I know, and I've seen cases where, much cases where they're much younger. So um, yes, I think, um, Starting with the men, because yes, the violence mostly, when we say violence, we talk about physical abuse, mental abuse, sexual abuse. There's so many types of violence against women, girls, also boys and men. So men are not the only perpetrators. Women are also perpetrators. So um, while we're discussing, let's try to look at it from both sides. Since this is a men-to-men, program we also want to include the men that are being abused yes we are going to get there but let us take it one after the we have to start with the women and girls so you, you know and then i'm sure that we're also going to find a time to talk about you know the men who are victims. yeah i agree with you completely that is that is also largely being omitted in in the reporting but the perception worldwide is that you know women and girls are more on the receiving end yeah so I've heard people say it's a mental for a man to, you know, strike a woman. I also think that that's 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 also an excuse to be able to discuss the matters, particularly in intimate and romantic relations. Because you know, I, I've had um, personally, I've had arguments in my relationship that almost you know became so. I'm hoping that someone can open up and speak to what the challenges are and why you think this is prevalent. If not from a personal perspective, maybe from something you've observed or something. Okay, so I'll, maybe I could just jump in on that and um, speak to some of it. You know, one of the, from my personal experience and from what I have, from some of the um, studies that I've, I've read, you notice that there's a there's, there's a constant disconnect. I think it's a human thing. I'm almost basing it on the human thing. There's a constant disconnect between, you know, 
what men and women are. You know, men constantly thinking that women should understand that that this is how men are, and women thinking that men should understand that this is how men are. So there's just that constant disconnect because when you look at relationship, like the statistics that you mentioned, you notice that a lot of um, cases are reported that are reported are from people that have relationship, intimate relationship. So either their spouse or even maybe mostly their spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, or something of that sort. And that constant disconnect because the woman's power is in her mouth and the man's power is in his hands. And when each wants to build their power, the woman uses her words and the man might retaliate with his hands. Now, they are unjustifiable, but when you come to understand that it's a human thing that I feel like a lot, of, a lot more about education and awareness creates, people who can refrain, knowing that um, as much as nobody should, um, should hit the other or nobody should abuse the other, whether either verbally, physically, or whatever way, you should refrain from aggress to if you know to to provoking that aggression in whatever form that that you can, so that at that point, you as let me if it's a woman, for example, you don't come out and say you must kill me today. Today, if I don't die here, I don't go anywhere. You useless man. This one, I kill you. This that. This look at your mates. Uh, you're all very useless. That that that. She can even raise her voice and start to scream. Neighbors, you, all these neighbors must hear that you're useless man today. And the man is saying, keep quiet, keep quiet, keep quiet, keep quiet. And then next thing, go on. Just started. And, you know, once it starts from the first day, likely to continue because it's a pattern. And so, still come down to the man. Like, no matter what this person does, this is her strength. This is the way she knows how to express herself. You should realize that you should refrain. No matter what it is, no matter the provocation, Leave the place, go and read a book, go and visit a friend or do something. So understand that your power and hers are different. And I think it's one of the ways that, you know, we could use to address this. Uh, talk, talking about, yes, someone yeah. wants to say something, right? Yeah. Yeah, can I just come in? And I want to pick up from you, uh, the last speaker. I agree with you half-heartedly halfway through and I'll, I'll tell you why i agree of course men inherently have a uh, stronger physique you know and whatever else that you said but this is where i disagree with you and i'll make an example if you and i now go to lagos somewhere and go to a club somewhere and the bouncer at the club somehow insults you the whole night you won't have the same conviction to express your strength using your fist, right? Because at yes, that point, true. it's not convenient for you to do that. <laughs> In the same way that the woman, if hypothetically she is married to some billionaire, she won't have the necessity to scream and say whatever that she wants to say, which you is what you have proclaimed to be a strength, right? So it means from that example, that there is potential for people to control themselves. They just choose exactly. not to, right? Yes. It's now depending on the circumstances that are at play. But also just to open the conversation a little bit more so that it's not a little bit myopic. We, we at least get to scratch the surface of it 
for me, mine is twofold, right? The reality of the matter is this one. And statistics, like you have said, but somehow these statistics, we don't read them wholly. Uh, for instance, in South Africa, actually more men die at the hands of men than women and children, right? This is statistics in SA. So I don't know about any other country. What does this mean? It means that uh, the men, and we're quite specific when we're talking about these things somehow, you know, we're quite specifically speaking about the black men most of the time. There's a picture of a black men with GBV and whatever. But you see in the black zones that the black zone is a war zone, right? And in a war zone, no one is safe. I want to bet you that yourself, you are scared of a black man somewhere in downtown Lagos or downtown Johannesburg or Lumumbashe or what, right? So we find that now the man is now a threat to everyone, is a threat to the man, is a threat to uh, the woman, is a threat to the child. And now if we agree on that uh, exposition, the question is why? What, what is it that makes the situation like that? And there's a number of instances that we could try put to the fore to try and understand what creates that kind of thing. Maybe, for instance, just to assist the conversation. In Sweden, for instance, how you, we may not be aware of the statistics or not, but I'm willing to bet that in our imagination, we think there's very less cases of GBV, uh, homicide and all that, as opposed to Zimbabwe or any other country. If we agree that's the case, the question is why, right? So maybe before I put my own uh, thinking around that, I can just leave it to the fore to say, if we agree on those two propositions that are put, that this violence becomes permanent and pro and very necessary in particular spaces as opposed to other spaces right when you go to very affluent abuja or wherever uh, you it's there we're not saying it's not there but it won't be as prevalent as you go to i don't know kano for instance right so there's that part of it and then of course the recourse of it to say how are we treating these incidences? What is the consequences of these things? Also play a part to say if it's not very forceful, if it's not very life-changing, hey, maybe we can get away with it. So I just thought maybe I can poke those two suggestions to the floor, maybe to entertain them and see if they, they have any weighty thought behind them. Sure. Tony, what do you think? Okay, um, I always like to speak from experience um, as a proper Jigule boy. Um, <laughs> so um, yesterday um, I was with a group of people and we were talking about, um, we, we mentioned something close to this because I told them about the, the, the podcast today. There's a guy called Coyote. Coyote said, if we want to go into uh, how uh, people put out situations in front of them, either by law 
um, saying that, for example, a man is not supposed to cry, um, certain things that you are supposed to do. When you, when, when you look at it and you want to say uh, you have no right to lay your hands on, we have more cases that happens like this in AJ City. Although we, they, we, we, we've projected Ajegule as one of the, how do you say, milestones in terms of people being brave. But when I was growing up, it wasn't the case. We had a lot of, we had a lot of men or a lot of young boys that were uh, mis, mishandled. Uh, um, they, 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 they were forced into doing things that they didn't want to. But they had to because certain number of them have already gotten in, or gotten themselves involved in things like that. And they say, this is how to man up. You know, you're not allowed to to um, show weakness in court. And, um, and this is more like a law that was lied to us, if, if, if I'm allowed to say that. Somebody started that, that word. Somebody started that movement. Somebody made it look like it was... It, this is the way it's supposed to be. So when the direction in in for women, like I, I, I live in Abuja now, and I see that the the, the bending for the 16, uh, for, for, for the reason why we're here, is in the favor of women when it comes to the North. But in the South, it's completely opposite. This is, it's, it's, more, it's more than the dog-eat-dog -dog world. It is terrible. It is the same thing like Benga uh, had said it, that the men are, we are our own demons. We fight our own selves. So question, this kind of question, is it to show superior uh, that, that we are superior amongst ourselves? Is it trying to say that I, I, I can exist more than you? So, I, and then when it comes to that uh, information for the data, just like Peter mentioned earlier, it is also because because I've asked these questions before to certain people also in the North, because if you ask them, why do you do these things? Even after when they've done it, about that time, they feel like it's, it's, it's supposed to happen. But when you ask them this question, they, they can't give you that information. They won't tell you that it, it happened to a six-year-old. Even an eight-year-old for me, I feel it's still, they, they, they do it to, to, to anyone. There's, there's, no, there's no age limit. If they feel like that person can go right now, yo, just just go. And then with the way that the situation of the the the, the, the latest that we are all experiencing as Nigerians right now, we're being sold off even before we even know it. You know, these things are just so. Uh, I'm very much interested to see how we can we scratch it because a lot of people have it has scratched the surface. I've opened it. Maybe what they find there is so ugly, they close it back. And even when we close it, don't forget, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't um, um, open it the way it is. Because when we open, we kind of um, hold like an extra hole to it. So even when we close it, there's still something that comes out that we're not so sure that we close properly. So um, how well we're going to go about it to scratch it? Me, I'm, me, I'm, me, I'm all in because I know a lot of people from my end that if you ask them to talk about this they ask you what's the need it has already mm. happened to them they are trying as much as they can to make sure that maybe children or people in their environments do see them as solid as they are and nobody wants to be vulnerable around you know conversations like this and you'll be like ah oh, this big man they cry because it could get to that extent 
for someone to be emotionally involved and then completely break down. That one I can tell you for free. Okay, um, let me quickly add. Um, I also think it has to do with cultural and geographical location. I say this because um, when I first came back to Nigeria as an adult, um, I, I, I had like a culture shock because most of my peers or my friends around me were married, but they had like 10 girlfriends or, and it was okay. It was something to laugh about. And I was like, isn't your wife going to find out or, you know, so, and, and they're like, well, she knows, but that is how it is there. I'm free. I'm a man. I can do whatever I want. So there's that mindset already. And then you hear women say, well, let him be a man. A mother, a mother is advising her daughter, you're getting married. You know, your husband is going to be a man. So you just allow him be a man. You know, that's let him be a man. Is that what we define as being a man? Having that superior complex, um, having that power, power, whatever you want to call it. If a, if a man beats his wife, the, the society says, well, he's a man. Um, your mother went to it. Your grandmother went to it. That is how they show love. That is not how they show love. So that idea, that ideology, that mindset, that we need to educate the boys coming up now that it's not okay. It's, you're not being a man by showing your physical strength. If you really want to go, some women can beat you up. <laughs> if you look at it, yeah. I so it, it's that mindset, that cultural um, upbringing that we have to break that mold. That's what I think because I like till today I'm still in shock how people get away with all that. And when I was growing up in America, you dare not have a girlfriend and then have twenty girls or you're married. You know they will sue you for divorce or you know bigamy and all that. But in our culture, it's allowed. Why is it allowed? Uh, you would want to think that um, with education, with enlightenment, that um, we would have outgrown that kind of mentality. But I know that, you know, the way I'm looking at this is, is it possible that, you know, we can see the signs online banker, particularly in romantic relationships, uh, since we're focused on gender against women and girls. Uh, there are relationships I see, and from the body language, from the way the, the guy is talking to the lady, I can tell that this guy will, this guy will soon, will soon snap <laughs> slapping together. But she, but she doesn't see it. And then that relationship matures into marriage, and then years after, you find out if they are lucky, they don't kill each other. They just, you know, go their separate ways. But um, I know that there's the responsibility of maturing into a total man who wouldn't step out of the car to beat up another driver on the road as a way of resolving his problems, right? And evolving into a man who wouldn't become physical because your woman, in quotes, is not submissive to you. But is, is it also possible that if we can't deal with all of the problems of the men in the world, that the women can have an idea of the kind of men they should consider to spend the rest of their lives with without being abused in such a manner? Okay, sorry, before, Stanley, before you answer that, sorry, let me just make one more point. Um, did you see the, did any of you see the article in Punch recently where a young boy was describing how 
he raped a girl. I think it was like a few days ago. I don't know if you saw it. And he was doing it as bragging rights. He was describing, you know, how he did this and did that. So now they put it on social media, thinking it's going to trend. And now he's in trouble because, sorry, it was a video, a video. Did anyone see it? You didn't see it. Okay, it was a young teenage boy or early 20s describing how he raped a girl. I'll try to find the link and send it to you. So now the um, police are looking for him. But his idea is bragging rights. And his friends are sitting there and they're hailing him on and he's describing it. So that is another thing that we need to address. And then also violence against boys and men. So Stanley, go ahead, sorry. Okay, so um, so that was Nifemi's question. You know, Nifemi was asking if we could see some of the signs, you know, for some of the women. When it comes to, what I feel is that when it comes to things, matters of the heart, it becomes complex. It's not a one-size-fits-all. So um, what is applicable to A and B might not be applicable to the same B and C and C and A. So it's, it's the, those complexities are there. Well, one of the things that I found out, okay, speaking from uh, um, the side of someone that has been in the financial, you know, from the side of finance, is that you realize that the more financially upward couples are, the less the um, the cases of of GBV in within them. So there was um, there was the statistics that and there was what um, Le Hololo said about cases like. <laughs> Pega, let me just use Pega. So I'll use what Pega said about places like Sweden. Sweden has um, been able to achieve a certain level of equality among the society. And, you know, like most Scandinavian states. And that has come with an, an attainment of a certain standard, both education and finance. Because education and finance, um, finance sort of follows education. Because the more you know, the more you can earn. And you realize that in most cases, when people have that notion that, you know, I'm not dependent on this person, or the man, for example, knows that, okay, this woman has not troubled with me everything. You want to buy salt, you need to call me. You need to, I'm, I'm here trouble, I'm here worried about my, my parents, your parents, your uncle, your nephews, nephews, auntie, they've all asked me for money. I'm still stressed about our family finances and all. And you're still bringing your own headache down to me. So some of those things are taken out. So it brings up a level of equality. And what's that? Where does that balance? That that's equality. When you perceive the person as your equal, there are certain things that you wouldn't do. You know, you mentioned going to the club in Lagos and trying to and trying to find a bouncer. I know that that's my equal, or even greater than me. He could hit me and probably you know send me off. But when I perceive somebody to be below me. Or when I perceive somebody to be above me, I can I tend to accept certain things from the person because I feel the person is above. Or when the person is below me, I tend to you know met out that that God complex, and with that God complex, it now brings out the vulnerability in any person that you could act in any way and you could go any direction. So when it comes to noticing those signs, it still comes up to us being able to you know highlight these things like this public awareness. I really am up for as, as much awareness as possible. You know, there's a, there's a saying in 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 in, in Pigeon. They say the crocro where they for the backside. If you expose them, 
<laughs> you know, when it sees the sunlight, it tends to go. So there are so many things that ordinarily we might not as much as get to, but with exposure, certain people could shy away and certain people wouldn't do. See, I, I, I agree with you completely. And I just want to quickly share this before someone else, you know, jump in. I, I've been married for close to eight years now, you know, and then there are times when my wife and I get, you know, maybe we're just, we're just, you know, this tough play that you have with your spouse. And then Mm -hmm. I found out that this lady is actually stronger than I am. (laughs) So maybe I'm trying to wrestle her, but I, I cannot even lift her. The babe don't knock me for bed. I'm like, ah, ah. Oh, well, if if this thing turns physical, I cannot say for a hundred percent that this people will beat me. <laughs> so, <laughs> to an extent, eh, I am telling you, I I wasn't raised up. You know, thank God, I I have very you know great parents who helped me growing up. I don't think that you know. You know, they say never say never, but I don't think I'll ever be able to hit my spouse. But that revelation alone keeps me in check. That guy, you are not, you are not, you don't have that physical advantage because you're a guy. Now that's one. The second thing is that, you know, there were there were there were periods in our relationship where I was more like, let's say, the bigger earner, right? But a few years ago, since I trained taking some trainings. Inside doing some new stuff and see the babe now is any like times three of what I currently earn. So I agree with the online banker. That gives me a sense of there's a, there's a great sense of mutual respect in our marriage. That is not that you are not the man because you are the sole provider. <laughs> you are the man because you are providing a level of leadership that is not even substantially financial. So the babe, when the babe they talk, she too, she's a stakeholder. As regard, oh, the guy, you know how much you brought in last month. <laughs> this is how much I'm bringing to the table. So the idea of equality is a fantastic way to solve this issue. The more there is that, you know, wide gap between how much a man earns traditionally, how much a woman can earn traditionally, uh, she cannot go, she cannot work because she's a woman. No, no, no. We're go- going to keep having this problem. Do you agree? This is the Thinking Reimagined podcast, sponsored by Allied Empowerment. Allied Empowerment Consultancy offers leadership and innovation through bespoke human development solutions, brain based leadership, and coaching. Allied Empowerment empowers business leaders, teams, and individuals to intentionally accentuate desired outcomes built on trust, curiosity, psychological safety, engagement, and communication. Allied Empowerment, thriving in a sustainable and valued manner. Okay, I will come in. I'm happy that we're starting to scratch at something quite meaningful, right? To say those dynamics play a very, very, very important role. Because if you hear the stories, always the same. I couldn't leave him because where was I going to live? What about my children? Blah, 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 right? Which I think somebody with options would not necessarily subject themselves to that. In the same way, I believe Peter, if he was to date the child of Gangote, he wouldn't even think about beating her up. 
right? Because of the disparity. <laughs> yeah, because those kind of things are, are very important. And <laughs> it, it comes to also how then you become a culture to things, how you get exposed to particular modes of being. You know, because when you, you have that level of equality, it's, it's that, the, the relationship is not almost a parental thing that I'm taking care of you and what, 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 where now it's automatic that I'm also entitled to your bodily integrity, right? So it becomes something very substantial in that. And it, like you're speaking about the, the video with the cat, on rape and what what it's acculturation what me when i hear you talk about that story i'm more concerned about the society where that boy is quite comfortable or in his mind is quite comfortable to say i can express this so remember he comes from a society and is defining is that society more than him rape is a cool thing to how did he find it, it so appealing to say okay i can even be talking about it so the people listening to him how did he find the comfort to even be sharing that kind of thing to them you know so that that's for me what's more more interesting especially in trying to address these sort of sort of problems i think when people have options they tend to have their own autonomy and they take far less bullshit than when they don't have options like in the workplace right if somehow they know that you don't have any other thing that's that's literally you there you know even when they abuse you you're gonna take it but if you have the <laughs> autonomy or the option to hey to hell with you man i'm gonna go you know the the treatment becomes a little bit different so i think it's it's somewhere there it's somewhere there just giving people options and the issue of equality and acculturation, generally speaking. All right. So I just want us to to see how we can get into the other side of this story and uh, the idea that you know the possibility of men also becoming victims in this regard. Um, you know, a few days ago, the attention of the world was turned to the fact that suicide has been found to be the you know the biggest killer of men under the age of forty-five. And then, you know, bringing the attention to the need, a space for men to talk about mental health and, you know, trying to encourage men around the world to be more embracing about their mental health issues. The, there's this abuse that men suffer now in a proper anti-male legal system. And I don't know if you've seen the videos online. The social media is, is awash with challenges allegedly faced by married men when they relocate from Nigeria. And this is the other side of what Piga is talking about, you know, in a more egalitarian society where everyone is equal. Okay, so a man marries, let me just give you an example of one of the gist I've had. A man sponsors the wife to leave the country, maybe let's say for education in the UK, and then they relocate with their children. And the plan was that, okay, perhaps she would also do some 20 hours of work while the man will, you know, work full time and then they can pull resources together, pay back their debt at home. But then the woman gets there and then finds out that, oh, this is, this is, this, this is the UK. And then uh, you can't tell me 
what to do or perhaps i even have stronger case if i want to let go of you the system is all accommodated and willing and then she changes completely and then files for divorce and the man is sent back home um how what do you think you know is responsible for this new trend where men now become victims and what do you think can be done about it I'm not sure I got the question right, but you got the drill, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let, let me first of all, it's not a new trend. Maybe now no. men are more outspoken because men are becoming more aware that other men are also going through the same thing. And it goes back to what I said about cultural and geographical um influences. Like what you would do in Nigeria per se is not the same way you would behave in the uk because i heard you say some words like we're now equal so are we not equal in nigeria so those you see what i'm saying even the way we're speaking is also part of the problem um i think it's because there are more consequences like in the uk or america than in nigeria goes back to what i was saying a man can have 20 girlfriends and get married and what are the consequences but abroad you have consequences where you answer for those type of things and um i i know some of the stories you're talking about like when you get outside of africa the woman now has more power let's just say that you say and she's now you said abusing the man because she can get away with it but it also happens here too so there's all kinds of um violence like i said there's physical financial because she's now the breadwinner there's the mental there's so much it's such a wide wide subject you know so um because she's abroad she recognizes her rights and um you know all of that so all those things are what are the um catalyst or what are the influences for what you're saying. I don't know if someone wants to expand on that. Okay. Um hi. Um so there's there's a thing that I would like to talk about uh like what uh Toya and uh, Peter has also raised. Let me let me let me go back a bit. So there's this thing about the who earns the biggest in the house. like a mental um, agreement poverty goes a long way poverty goes a long way and poverty does not necessarily mean that you don't have money it also comes with how you also what your orientation is like so where i respect my wife is that she ends the biggest in my mind because majority of the ideas that i work with comes from her when i talk about a certain thing that i want to do and then she says why don't you do it like this try it like this try it like that and then if i do that i earn more i look for a way to do it uh, in uh, go in a direction where i'll try it my way and i'll still try it her way and i see that every time she she contributes <laughs> so it means that without her i cannot earn the way that i am I would I would end but I wouldn't end the way that I I I'm 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 earning. 
So I always make sure that I tell her you are definitely the backbone. You are definitely the boss. I try to remind her that all the time. Even though I earn physically uh, or money-wise, I earn more than her. But I let her understand that this. So this is where, um, if we want to change this orientation, we always think like this when we're much little. We say if we want to change this government, we'll just kill everybody. Just kill everybody. And new people set in. But because it was true, I, I'm not sure, I'm sure most of us have said this when we were much younger. We want to change this government, just kill everybody and bring in new people. What is it like? It's the same thing too with this. While you try to change uh, with, with, the, with, with the situation like of maybe sponsoring a lady to the UK or sponsoring a lady outside the country, the thing about the country there is it's always that station or that radio or that newspaper or that person always telling you about the rights that they have, either as animals or as ladies or as men, or the rights you have, uh, that this, you can, you can have all of this. Don't also forget that most of these women or men have gone through different kind of experiences here. And when we go into a place where we are embraced or we are welcomed and someone is telling you things like, ah, if, they, if they slap you here, you know, you have a right to do this. And you now remember that they've slapped you a hundred times before from where you were coming from and nothing happened. And someone's going to tell you, I'm telling you, I have to look at the paper that we went to court. I was paid. I was compensated. There's a lot of things that comes to play in the, in the woman's mind or in that situation, whether it's a woman or a man, because I know of men too who have actually done that and have taken advantage of this. So, um, by the time you want to make up your mind and say this, the difference between us and the Western world is we are very cultured. They are cultured, but they think differently. We are very cultured. There will be one elderly person to say, how can she talk to you like that? Like if I'm speaking to, to my mom, for example, and my kid is sitting behind me and she she maybe helps me scratch my back or something, then she just say, I want to go rest my leg. This is like a joke for me. I'm like, yeah, rest your leg on my back. And I'm talking to my mom on WhatsApp and she, she, she's like, what insult? Put that leg down. And I'm like, um, no, you, you don't know what has transpired to this point. We're actually joking before we called you. She was even the one that said, ah, I've not spoken to grandma. Can you call her? You know, and the, the next thing you see is as motivated some kind of anger she thinks she has done something bad by telling me to call you you know so yeah i think we lost tony's audio i, I thought it was just me i thought oh, it was me all <laughs> <laughs> right oh he's back i think i think we lost i don't know if he's back he's back oh, he's back my network keeps going off and on i'm sorry yeah yeah, but, right. but but I'm sure I'm sure you get the picture. Yes, we got the gist, we got the drill. Um, I, I like to hear from everyone before we. But you are not um, considering this situation. You know, we, when we when we talk about gender-based violence, is it's always women and girls, right? What do you do when it's the man that is getting the blows? Because there are situations like that that are under <laughs> widely underreported. <laughs> So, so I, let me let me add to what um, what you just said. Um, 
one of the things, one of the cases that we see, just like we've mentioned, is uh, you know we've really mentioned about culture and culture being the way of life to people, which is that, like God has told us, like you know the basic definition is that the we've come to accept these roles, both men and women, and now the women are used to a certain it's it's a mindset thing. They are used to a certain way of life. And now they are used to, oh, man can do what he wants, you know, I'm a woman, so don't stress me with certain things. And that then comes down to certain things like bills, certain things like upkeep in the household, certain things like rights. Now, this person has moved to the West where you have a balance. So when the when most times when you see people, when you've gone through um, cases of people that have been oppressed and and that's it comes down to to like even the gender-based violence most of the men some of the men that are perpetrators of like great violence against women where some of them were victims as like victims of these that we did not heal and felt like that was something they could you know still do to other people and then you now see some of those women they move to the west and they are now faced with things like bills and they are now faced with with those challenges like oh you know i can really do this to this person i get away with it let me even see what it feels like so human beings are dynamic and some of them start to act out some of these things so it's about culture like the culture that you're coming from and moving to somewhere some of them are just culture shock that breaks some of the wounds like from the things that you read on our long social media people coming to narrate their stories that the person that they were with six months ago has totally changed to something else in less than a year they can't understand and it's still part of that culture part of that culture shock and integrating so it's i me i feel like a lot of awareness a lot of education is important we do not take it as something that we should do um i i would i would advocate if i were, if i had to see people that were counselors for example i would tell them they should start to counsel couples moving abroad especially from places like nigeria where there's a high level of migration currently Telling them that, see, these are the dynamics that you would face and you should know how to handle it. Because they go there, act it out, you know, fail with their relationship and it's just a cycle that just keeps revolving. So I feel like education is really important in things like this. Um, um, wait, 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 did I just come in there? Why are we abusive to Africa? Why is it uh, abuse here? Somehow relationship equality is always abroad to the West. Why can't it be Botswana? It be Zambia? It be something? Why? Why? What's this parallel that we're drawing here? As if Africa, you know, there's no relationship equality. Try coming to Joburg, my dear brother. Come, try coming to Cape Town. There's even over equality at some point. So, can, can we not be so abusive to Africa? I agree with that. Okay. Um, Oh. Like Rwanda, Thank you. I know that uh, Rwanda has achieved even more than fifty percent <laughs> women appointment in leadership position. So yeah. I get the point. But what unlike Banka is saying, maybe you have not heard about the Jaka, the Jaka syndrome in Nigeria. People are not leaving Nigeria for uh, Namibia, be for Lesotho. <laughs> <laughs> people are leaving Nigeria for the UK and Canada, you know, really. So, but fantastic contribution. Which we must encourage them to, right? Yeah, I mean, 
the Rwanda, for instance, is doing very well. Yes, yes, yes. And you know that's also. Right. I know that this is a different topic entirely, but what you are saying is very powerful. You know, the information is not out there for Nigerians to even see the opportunity that lies in other African countries. We're all thinking we have to go to Europe, you know, to make it. But then there are countries in Africa that have that even have more sustainable democracy than in other parts of Europe. You know, when you talk about, I think Namibia, that has the you know the highest number of um, democratic distancy and the economy is also younger women for young africans to take advantage of but we'll leave that to the tama and sustainable trade too <laughs> to talk about oh. all right oh. we are up now um, let me get your final thoughts wait 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 i want to say something allow me there's something mm. very important that we haven't talked about and we must address it yes. talking about gender-based violence we're supposed to talk about this and this, um, like last week when I was talking to someone, he told me that when he was 12, 13 years old, his nanny or his babysitter gave him the right of passage. You know what I mean by that. So this happens a lot. And he told me, oh, I didn't even know I was being sexually abused because she was doing it. And I spoke to a few more people and their little boys of nine, 10 years old with their aunties or their nannies who are doing this. There are videos that I've seen because I don't know why they keep sending me all these videos of little boys, four years old, performing oral sex on grown women that are supposed to be looking after them. This is an unspoken truth, but I think it's something that we must address because this is activism about gender-based violence. Yes, we're focusing on women and girls, but it's happening every day. And the men, they're starting to speak out now, but a lot of them, especially the teenage boys, 12, 13, they don't know it's abuse. They think it's just, okay, something that happens and the nanny is teaching them, but it happens a lot. We leave our kids with these so-called people and they're doing this. So let's just quickly touch on that before we go. I know we don't have much time left. You know, um, you know, like you said earlier, miss, most of these things are happening. They have been happening for a long time. Thank God, it is just social media that is bringing it to a more public awareness. I have a friend, I used to have a friend in school who was very sexually active, you know, in secondary school then. And then, because I was naive, I didn't quite even understand what they were doing. But he told me the story about how when he was young, there was, you know, an auntie around their place who would bring like three of them, young kids, so like three, four, five years old, into the bathroom and then do nasty things. And then even at the time, he did not even understand what he was doing. But then he grew up to most of the abusers today were abused in the past. I remember one popular uh, um, singer who talked about how, you know, his aunties abused him and then he too now is now abusing younger girls so it's a fantastic point that you have made but i think the awareness has to go to the next level and it is crime we need to build a system where this crime this crime is punished i saw a video online recently of a woman was masturbating on the beach on the beach and then the police actually came to arrest her I said, next time we want to do this to make sure you are not caught because there's a family there with their children and you cannot be doing this. 
know, we need to acknowledge that it is crime and then also punish the crime so that it can serve as a deterrent for all. What do you think? All the men are quiet. I like things like this. <laughs> um, I, first of all, I want to say for, for, for things like this, and if they are caught, this is just my personal opinion. If they are caught, then they shouldn't be told. Uh, because I know that the police do that a lot. But the first time you get caught for something, they say, okay, first time, first timer, they might let you go. No, we shouldn't let you go. What you have done is 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 terrible. So that should take, you know, the, the full cost of the law should work immediately. That would also stop people from even thinking about making some kind of an experiment in the future. That's one. Um, there is the the, the video that um, um, Peter talked about of the guy bragging, like uh, like was made mention. Thank God for social media. There's a lot of things that are actually now coming out, and we are seeing. But you see the the. The negative part of social media is is what a lot of young people or a lot of persons right now are now emphasizing on. I would say, um, from my own perspective, the person who's recording it, because apart from you even talking about it, the person who's recording it should know immediately from the fact that whoever is bragging, like the guy who was bragging that, or was giving bragging rights that he raped someone, that person should be sentenced. Because from the moment you hear it, you already know it's bad. Why are you recording it? And then why are you posting it? Distance yourself from such a thing. This kind of thing will go a long way for us to... I'm, I'm still talking, I'm still um, emphasizing more on orientation. Because when the nannies or the or the uncles or whosoever does this to people, you have introduced them to something they do not know about. And if they're going to bring in people to, to be part of this, this, I don't even know what it's called, or want to give it a name. You're also bringing people who, who you are saying, who, do you, who else do you think we can also involve in this? How can we um, um, bring more people? It shouldn't just be, don't you have a friend? They always tell them, they always make it feel like it's a joke. And just uh, like uh, Mr. Ogun um, Toya said, the set of person who abuse people are people who have also been abused before. And then when they come to understand it at that time, with the, the, that little knowledge they have, they think it's fun. They believe it's enjoyment. They think it's you being a man or you being uh, above your peers that have been with somebody older or have been with or being with someone. We have taken advantage of certain persons. And if you check those certain set of persons, when they become older, those things come to play. The chain and of abuse. Yeah, they won't want anybody to come close to their kids. Because it's it's like a ripple effect. It will happen to you. And when it happens, they start asking questions, those stupid questions they ask. Where did we go wrong? No, Ogan, where did you go wrong? You did something wrong at some point and you thought it was fun. You know, you are going on with it. I know I forgot a friend of mine 
if it's around someone and looking so good, from the moment you say no, no for him is like, uh, what's that drug that I used to take? I used to, he's up and he's out. He doesn't want to be part of anything. That's, that's the way he has come to train himself. But he came out from a rough neighborhood but was able to tell himself without help of parents or family, he grew up on, like on a single road. But was because you have a mind, to, you would know when something is good or bad. You know, you don't have to wait. Uh, just like uh, what uh, uh, Pegas said when he when he used the bouncer as 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 an example. You've already seen it. You've placed the situation in front of you. Do you want to go in? Do you want to try it because you know you you will already fail? So, but then why still go ahead? Even though when you get there at first, you had no idea. Something will tell you it's wrong. If you ask them or you teach with certain people to tell them that at the time you started, we're not holding you, you know, against it. By the time you started, it felt like fun. But at some point, you got bored. Or you, you are all the phones in there. And why didn't you stop? Why didn't you speak out? But nobody wants to come out and be, you know, put on the billboard of God, uh, be, be plastered as the one you think that people are going to uh, pour shame on you at the end of the day. So uh, this is it's plenty to scratch, to be honest. It's plenty to scratch. All my back. Stanley looks like he wants to say something. Yes, Stanley should say. You're muted. To make so i what what i just wanted to just add to you know the conversation is just like uh, tony had said it's about the psychology the mentality it's everything still comes from here everything comes from from the mindset we talk, we're not talking about so many things about women i don't know you know still culture still culture we take it that women can do no wrong which is a which is false that women can have, they have, there's nothing wrong. You know, they are saints and angels. They are humans. Everything that is possible with a man is possible with a woman. It's just the right mentality, the right environment. You could commit a crime and a crime is a crime anywhere. And what I just feel is like, what is the psychology of these people? Where, what, what was their upbringing? They were talking about, if, um, Sony was talking about a friend that, that, you know, this is what he decided that he wanted to do. And one of the things that I've, I, I, I'll say this with reservation is that because a lot more women are not caught or held accountable for things like this, that is why we do not perceive it as a problem. And we, that's why it has been normalized. Because a young boy, I remember when we were back in, um, I, went to, I went to like a seminary school, so I was privileged not to have experienced certain things. But when we got closer to some of our peers that were that we're hearing some of the things that happened that were uh, happening in their homes and all the boys felt it was a bragging right it was something they were comfortable with ah this thing happened to me or ah i'm now a g i'm now you know i've now i'm an adult i've joined the league of adults because this person did this to me and that i don't know if that is what some of these women sold to them you know you're now a big boy you know when you are doing this with me you're now a big boy some of these ladies move on, get married, and some of these boys then perpetrate some of these things, some of younger girls, 
because they are now adults in their heads and they are still kids. And then they carry on when some of these boys are not available, those ladies that are older then pass it on to some of these guys and then it becomes a cycle. So it's the psychology that we need to constantly make aware. Like I said, when you expose this, like that proverb that I used that I said, when you expose the crocro on the backside and it meets the sunlight, it tends, you tend to just it tends to heal naturally. Sunlight just heals it. And that's what exposure does. When people are more aware that, oh, this thing, if I get caught, is a crime. Everyone is speaking about it. They refrain. And then it becomes like a like a subtle mental consciousness that, that things like this should not be perpetrated. So I think we should address that from the level of the thoughts, the mind that goes into this. And we should, that's why I applaud um, Dr. Ama and everyone that is that is fighting this this battle because it's a long one we might not be able to get as much justice because the justice system in different places vary especially when it comes to gbv um but we need to know that as much awareness that is created some of them social justice just takes prevalence and you know the name and shame comes into place but as much as we can keep bringing out the awareness keep talking about it and that's why we're here and that's why we keep doing this Thank you, Defemi. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining the podcast. I'm hoping that uh, we can capture as many boys and men within the GBV. Uh, well, uh, acknowledging that um, men are also victims. And um, if we do not fix it, the fear I have, the biggest fear I have right now, I appreciate a lot of things happening with a girl child. But the biggest fear I have is that if we do not, you know, approach the boys with the same energy with which we're catering to the girls, setting the girls up for a major disaster. Because who are the boys that they're going to, you know, live with this? So I'm hoping that we can, all of the stakeholders can begin to take this more importantly and see what we can do differently. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay, so, um, before we go, I yes. want to say something real quick. We need to create a safe environment, a safe haven for our survivors for our children because i'll give you a quick example two minutes i saw this um on social media again this girl mm. was she was in an interview and she said when she was nine or ten her father started to sleep with her and she felt awkward and it was wrong and she told her mother and her mother said it's normal and her father said this is what other people do so she grew up thinking it was normal in every household since she was about 15 years old and then i think from going to school and speaking with other people she found out that it was abuse so the safe haven might not be in the home front it might be in school or it might be in your church or mosque or it might be a neighbor but we need to teach and create safe havens for children for women for men because sometimes they don't know they're being abused they think it's normal and it is not normal Peter Aman Boyo being told Tony online banker uh, thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for your time as well I think it's been a fantastic conversation we'll continue this another time um, I'm Nifem Yogutori on behalf of Dr. Ama I want to thank you so very kindly for joining this podcast 
And remember that you can listen to it again on all of our social media platforms and our podcast platforms as well. See you again. Bye for now. This has been a Thinking Reimagined podcast. The executive producer is Dr. Amma. Co-producer Peter Amon Boyle. The podcast is edited by Nelkan and it is moderated by Nifemi Okuntoye. Thinking Reimagined emphasizes the importance of transformational conversations which have as their aim the bringing about of the rich diversity of thoughts and most importantly, powerful and applicable effective solutions and change. The views, opinions and contributions of the panelists are exclusively theirs and do not reflect the opinions of thinking reimagined producers or personnel. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening and we, we hope you have enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. episode. We invite you to subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play and other outlets. We look forward to presenting another riveting episode next week. Thinking Reimagined podcast is produced by Live Abundantly. We welcome your thoughts and invite you to visit our website, livesabundantly.com. Or you can follow us on social media on Live Abundantly 8. Thinking, Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset, the mindset for, for a better, better global, global society. society.